Being Black in America comes with its challenges. However, we understand that enlightenment through education is the oppressor's worst fear. By bridging the gap between academia and the people, our purpose is to equip you with knowledge that breaks down barriers during your journey towards truth and freedom. Welcome to the Black and Highly Dangerous Podcast. Yo, yo, Dev, what's going on? What's going on? How's your week been? You know, I am back on my grind. I am in Cambridge uh, right now, getting getting a little work done, trying to move forward with this, you know, dissertation work. I have a bunch of meetings. And so, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm back grinding after a lovely, lovely break. <laughs> That's good. That's good to hear. I'm trying to do the same thing this week. Actually, last week I started getting things together for my dossier and Tomorrow I'll finish up some other things with that. So yeah, you know, getting back into to getting used to working once again. Okay. Is this like a third year or fourth year review or something fourth like year that? Review. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. So had to look at everything I've done for the past two years and collect. But I know I, since the first one, I know, you know, always to keep stuff close to somewhat organized. So I had to like scramble when it comes time because that'd be crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I did tell you, so I, I have to tell you, you and Kristen, um, you guys will have to go there. I never thought that I would enjoy Arizona as a tourist. Mm. We went to Sedona, Arizona, and it was just amazing. You know, it was so relaxing. And we, you know, did this ATV thing and like went through Ooh, these I trails. Like um, yeah, um, you know. We went to uh, see these, like archaeological ruins, you know, from, you know, I guess people who had, you know, been in that area like, you know, years and years and years ago. Um, it was just it was fun. And it was mm. a nice it was a nice city and it was really relaxing. So you guys should check it out. Mm, yeah. Kristen's been dying to go there. So I know she'll be glad to hear that news. And I love doing stuff like ATVs and stuff. So that also excites me too is it it's Sedona so do they have, is that the place where they have like spas and stuff too yes and that was another reason why I enjoyed it because we did like a spa day so yeah if you go there you should have like a kind of like an adventure or nature day you should mm-hmm. have like a spa day like it's mm-hmm. a lot to do and so that's kind of what we did you know the ATV day that's when we you know just kind of got muddy um, you know the trails and stuff like that that was fun but we also had a day where it was just kind of like you can get like these like spa packages where you, you know it's just it's amazing so mm. do it okay All right and the so view the, the views and food were also really really good like I actually I now want to go back to Arizona because we we were in the Sedona area and then we spent one night in Phoenix and I actually want to go back to Phoenix just to kind of like hang out because it, it seemed like a cool city so mm, Phoenix yeah I heard good things about that too Surprises, Arizona, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. I would have never imagined. (laughs) (laughs) So that's definitely going to be on my, one of my go-to lists. Yeah, I haven't really traveled to many places in the country. I've been like mainly looking at places, you know, out of the country. But yeah, that definitely be, I have to start looking at some places in the country. That should definitely be on my list. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of traveling, that is actually going to get to some of our old Lord news. All right, so all right, let's get into it. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to BHD News, where we give you the most current and eye-opening old lore news of the week. Join us as we present news that'll make you want to say, 
of course, you've heard of the government shutdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when we've thought about the shutdown, it's been, you know, thinking about what other people are potentially enduring. But little do you know that this government shutdown, if it continues to go on, it will actually be affecting you, especially if you travel frequently. Um, you may or may not know, but TSA employees are considered like essential government employees. So they are required to work although they aren't currently being paid. Mm-hmm. Now, the issue with that is over the course of like the last week or so, there have been mass callouts at some of the U.S.'s major airports where upwards of like 170 or 200 people, TSA agents every day calling out. <laughs> and if this continues, it's going to continue to get worse because from what I've read, like some of these people, they might be calling out because they're trying to get part time gigs or, you know, you know, they need money because mm-hmm. although they'll get back pay, they have to pay bills now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I do not blame these people. Um, there are some people who I believe who can who are privileged enough in the government to be able to not have to, you know, worry about the paychecks, probably those high government officials, Mm -hmm. salary pay that probably got enough stashed away where, you know, it's whatever. But, you know, a lot of TSA workers, you know, I don't know all the profiles of them, but I'm pretty sure they're like regular everyday Americans, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of got bills to pay, got events, got parties maybe they're planning for, the holidays just passed, so they're trying to recover from that and now they got no money coming in to recover from that and they want you to still work and check people's bags and be great workers. Well, that's not how this country works. You know, <laughs> it's not set up that way where usually people are just going to mostly work out of the kindness of their heart. Nah, most of the time we need that check. It, Don't blame these TSA workers. Exactly. And there's actually um, last year around this time, there was actually an article published with some statistics. It was like CNBC. And it said only 39 percent of Americans have enough savings to cover a thousand dollar emergency. Mm. Most people are living paycheck to paycheck. And so, you know, like people got to do what they got to do. And so you might think of the government shutdown as something that is affecting other people, but it's going to start affecting you because, um, you know, although it won't like mess with like the security or safety of flying, it will potentially uh, affect like the wait times. Um, So now you're probably, you know, when you could get to the airport an hour, 90 minutes early, you might want to build in some, you know, extra travel time because, you know, Mm -hmm. I I can't blame them, you know. Oh, I can't blame them at all. I don't blame them at all. It's just, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, so just, everybody has to kind of adjust. And, I w- and those of you who are, don't be upset at the TSA. Be Please upset don't. at the person who is, uh, you know, having this government shut down. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny is, because I, I won't lie, you know, sometimes when I fly, I get irritated with like, just TSA procedures. It it can Mm -hmm. be a little frustrating, but I have been cognizant of the fact that like these people are here and they are not currently getting paid. Whatever, you know, BS that I feel like I'm going through for this five or 10 minutes, I can deal with it. And I'm going to put a smile on my face and be like, you know, I hope you having a good day. Like just, you know, trying to be extra nice because I I can't imagine that. Oh yeah. <laughs> It'd be like that. So sometimes you literally I literally look at some jobs and I'm like, man, it just couldn't be me, man. You yeah. know. 
And so you got to give a give it props up to people who are, who are willing to do these jobs and do it every day. Yes. Um, and I know, I know with the other, with the, I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but with the whole government breakdown, uh, shutdown, well, us was also have a lot of other people upset. <laughs> oh, I think you about to say, go ahead and say it, because that's, that's the next <laughs> portion. Well, I know a lot of people, I've been seeing all these messages going around, Trump going around, playing with these tax returns. Yes. Right? <laughs> I was just about to say that. That is the next oh Lord news. So we have been warning you all that like with the tax reform that happened last year, there might be issues with withholding. Some people, you know, may have been expecting big refunds. They may be smaller and, you know, things of that nature. But, you know, you might not even get that refund for a while if, if this shutdown, especially if it continues into February, expect mm-hmm. a freeze or a delay on your tax refund check. I know that's going to that. <laughs> oh, man, I know that's going to have a lot of people upset. And I think Trump is really playing with fire with that one. He is. <laughs> because people depend on this. Like, people sometimes plan their year around that tax refund check. So, mm-hmm. you know, now you're playing. You're not, you know, not saying that it was OK to, you know, play with some people and not the other. Because he did have a tweet that was like, you know, most, most government workers are Democrats or something like that. Like saying like, oh, it's OK if we, you know, kind of punish them. But like, no, now everyday Americans are starting to feel the effects of this shutdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting them taxes back. People look forward to it. People who have kids plan their vacations, you know, trips mm-hmm. to Disney World mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, this is second half of the school year, graduations, gifts, mm-hmm. parties, mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff people really rely on or medical bills, just whatever. You look forward to that to help you stay afloat or whatever you're trying to do and enjoy your life. And now that you're playing with that, um, you're going to have a lot of Americans really upset, man. Mm-hmm. And that blowback going to be kind of funny to watch. Well, I, I just hope that, you know, they can stay on message because remember, Trump claimed this. He claimed it. He was like, if there's a shutdown, it's my shutdown. So hopefully they can continue that narrative and not try to turn it into something else, especially since, you know, Democratic primaries and stuff like that are about to begin. So, mm-hmm. Do you think... Do you think that everyone should hold strong with the shutdown and not give in to Trump? You know, I I, I got to think about that a little bit more. I've been like wrestling with that in my mind. In some ways, I'm I've been tired for a long time of Democrats being the bigger person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like when you start to see like people are really suffering, mm-hmm. um. I hope that there can be some compromise. Like, I don't necessarily feel like he should get absolutely everything, you know, he wants. But as at a certain point, there will have to be some compromise. Even Susan Collins, for instance, I think she just put out a message that was like the Senate needs to pass, you know, this Democratic legislation that was, you know, passed by the House or something like that. So I think especially if we can get like more Republicans speaking up to say like, we have to do something, then it mm-hmm. might make it easier for there to be some type of compromise overall. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. I feel like Trump is such a villain, man. <laughs> like, like this is like uh, what you would see in like movies or like the villain is like having a superhero decide, right? You either you can get me or you can save this person's life. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what Trump's doing right now. He's putting him in that same compromise. Like y'all can hold out and, you know, get me and make me seem like a fool because we have to pay for this wall. Or you can see all these Americans, TSA agents, people not getting their refund checks beginning to hurt and you can save them. Um, and not worry about me. So it, it, it is a situation he's putting him in that really sucks. But at the end of the day, I kind of agree. Like, uh, there's only but so so long you can take it where, you know, you don't want people to keep getting hurt because of this, these politics. Yeah. And and that's what somebody was like, right now, this is politics and it's not about the people. Um, I mean, I think the border wall is, is stupid. Oh, and I mean, even when you have like, I think a Fox News reporter just kind of even called out Sarah Sanders and like, you know, most ter- terrorists aren't coming from the southern border. They're like actually flying in. Did you know mm-hmm. that? And like they kind of had like a back and forth because it was kind of like at a certain point this is just silly mm-hmm. it is and and I think Americans should push back because Trump said we didn't have to pay for that wall anyway right you know? that right. was one of his campaign Mexico promises don't pay for the wall <laughs> so now you done shut down the country because nobody want to pay for it but you said we didn't have to pay for it right so, so you you definitely you know contradicting yourself which is no surprise what he always did but yeah uh, okay. We shall see. So, so my my next story has uh, money implications um, as mm. well. So, I guess it's a good segue. So, one man's cystic fibrosis diagnosis turned into the surprise of his life. Uh, an English man was told by his doctor that he has cystic fibrosis. Aware that the man was trying to conceive a child with his second wife, the doctor tells him that the disease makes it nearly impossible for a man to conceive a child if he has cystic fibrosis. The only way he could possibly do so is through in vitro fertilization. Mm-hmm. Upon hearing that news, the man is actually very relieved and he uh, informs the doctor that like, yo, I can't have cystic fibrosis because I have three sons with my first wife. So <laughs> the nurse and the doctor, they kind of give each other a look like, how do we explain this to him? Oh, my God. And, and they're like, sir. We think you need to have a conversation with your <laughs> ex-wife because there has literally never been a case, you know, in this particular region. Like, so they were like, oh, after, you know, examining more than 2000 men with cystic fibrosis, the only man who was thought to have fathered a child based on DNA results, it was only one man. And come to find out it wasn't his child. It was his brother's child because the oh, wife had been cheating. So he was like, you need to talk to your ex-wife because, uh, yeah, come to come to find out his three sons were not his three sons at all. Um, and it, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what made it even worse is so they had divorced like in 2007 or 2008, you know, mm-hmm. she got a $4 million settlement from him. And part of that $4 million settlement was, you know, toward child support. Um, but he also paid her a monthly, you know, amount. I think it was something like $3,000 or not dollars, you know, euro, or, you know, whatever their denomination is. Yeah. Um, 
And but she would take him to court often to try to get those increases in child support to say she wasn't getting enough. She knew the entire time that those were not his kids. She even gave them Jewish middle names. And he was like, I didn't know where that came from. Like, we're not Jewish. Like, yeah. Whoa. That's a wild story. <laughs> That's definitely a whole Lord. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, there's so many things wrong with that. But the fact that he had to give him money to children that wasn't his and she was getting more. I mean, is there a possibility can he counter sue? You know? Oh, so actually he did sue and it was like the first ever like case of its kind to sue for like this paternity fraud. He did get or they, you know, had some type of settlement for him to get 250000 back. But oh. I mean... Four million to it. And like she lives in a seven bedroom mansion. She got like four cars. One is like a Land Rover or house. Yes. And come to find out, don't you know, his son stopped talking to him. What? Yes. They were like, uh, the oldest was like, if you sue mom, because, you know, they call him mom over there. (laughs) If you sue mom, I'll stop speaking to you. Wow. When he sued the mother, the only one of his sons text him. How old are his sons? Um, twenty-one and probably like late teens. Like, but they're all like at this point adults. Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, I couldn't. I couldn't be mad at my pops, man. Like, <laughs> like, bro, like this was me and my mom. Like, yo, just dad, do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like, That's the way I feel. Like. Seriously, she's the one that has lied to you. Like, why lied to all of us. Like, and it's not the dad actually still wants to be supportive, still wants to be in their lives. So he's not even saying that. It's not even. It's about she. There needs to be some type of justice. So it isn't even that he doesn't want to continue supporting them. He does. He's actually sad. He's missed graduations. He's missed all of these things. So he's more. You know, he wants justice in that sense. Mm-hmm. Not that he's upset that he paid for them because he loves them. You know, yeah, I'm sure he's he like, I'm, I'm their dad. I'm their dad regardless. But there has to be some type of consequence for it, for that type of behavior. Yeah. I want any 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 money that she has in her account is mine. I want it back. I want it and, back. And that house, you got to you gotta leave. You, you got to get the boot. <laughs> I, this did lead me to a question that I want to ask you. Do you think paternity tests should be compulsory for all children at the time of birth, like whether the parents are married or not? Like, do you think it should be DNA tests for all? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I really never thought about it. On uh, one aspect, I want to say, you know, maybe yes, because there shouldn't be anything wrong with it. You know, like if it's your child and and I don't know, but then it also could help people who have like, questions or cases, you know, or somebody's trying to be like, I'm not the dad. Um, and if they have to like legally get a test mm-hmm. um, to ex- accept responsibility or whatever for the child and then, then possibly. Um, but I feel like there may be some, you know, some loopholes I may not be thinking about, yeah. you know, like, but on the surface, it seems like not too big of a thing, but it could be. Like that could be a way to because if it's a compulsory, if it's just something that has to happen, it's just something that's just standard procedure. Mm-hmm. It avoids a lot of awkward conversations, especially between like husband and wife. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it can lead to like because like 
any husband asking his wife for a DNA test, oh, baby, it's going to be some... mm, yeah. yeah, that that's bad. But it was kind of like if there were a case where like it was just mandatory, it was just standard operating procedure. It it, it avoids that awkwardness between husband and wife because mm-hmm. it's just something mm-hmm. that the hospital does. And I feel like maybe yeah, if um, I think definitely I would say at least when there's about to be legal cases with things like child support or whatever, mm-hmm. then I feel like yeah, for sure. I feel like it should be mandatory. Like if you're about to pay for this child, then I think everybody, all parties involved have to be tested just to be sure. Yeah. You know, um, so you definitely wouldn't have cases like this. So they do divorce and she wants that money. Well, all right. Well, the court is mandated. You know, I thought they were mine. So you're not probably going to ask yourself, but just in case before we have anybody mand- mandated to pay, we got to make sure legally that these are your children. Yeah. Yeah, something. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I hope he is able to reestablish his relationship with his sons. And, I, yeah. you know, I hope she got to give more more back than 250K because that's not enough. Oh, yeah. Like I said, that house sounds like it's worth a lot of money. So <laughs> <laughs> you'll get a nice chunk back. OK, this this last story will kind of segue into, you know, kind of a topic that, you know, I know we're going to discuss today. Um, so there was a woman in a Phoenix, Arizona uh, nursing facility for the past 10 years. She has been in a vegetative state uh, after she nearly drowned. You know, she receives around the clock care. But again, she is non-responsive. Well, mm-hmm. Uh, on December 29th, uh, they heard the patient, uh, kind of moaning and, you know, grunting in pain, which was out of the ordinary. They didn't know what was happening. Come to find out she was in labor. Mm. Wow. Oh my goodness. In labor again. She's in a vegetative state. Uh, She gave birth on December 29th. Uh, This has launched a sex abuse investigation for this Phoenix. And we're just talking about Phoenix for this Phoenix area nursing facility because they're trying to figure out how did this happen? And also, how did no one notice that she was pregnant? Not months. Yeah. 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 That's wild. Um. Maybe they did notice, and I don't know. They kept it a secret, you know. Whoever it was, I don't know. It's weird. That's a lot going on there. That is a uh, lot. It needs to be a full investigation for sure. A full investigation, and see, I wonder how this is going to work because it's kind of like, can they compel, like for instance, all male employees to give DNA? Like, can they do that without caught? Like, I'm just trying to figure out like what this investigation is going to look like to figure out who is the father of that child. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's gonna, I guess you got to see, right. I mean, the legal system could play it one way where, you know, people, males who work there mm-hmm. uh, will definitely be viewed as a suspect. Mm-hmm. You bring in the suspects, you question them. I mean, then you kind of play it by ear to narrow it down. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like if you say, Hey, like if it was me and of course I didn't do it and they were like, yo, okay, well, we just need a DNS take DNA test to prove it. I'd be like, sure. You know what I mean? Like no worries. But then if you have some people like, no, I'm not giving you no DNA test. Then that kind of also narrows down the suspects too. If they get lawyered up, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That yeah. is true. That is true. 
That's the way I would play it. Uh, because you got nothing to hide, you got nothing to hide. So I was like, all right, take my DNA, get me, get me clean. You know? I, yeah, I would want to be ruled out very quickly. Like, yeah. you know, for certain things, like, you know, don't talk to police, like be, you know, be careful. But like in this type of thing, if you have nothing to hide, you want to get excluded quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you see somebody getting lawyered up and being hesitant and all right, well, you got you clearly got something to hide, bro. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to narrow it down to you and pursue that way and try to figure out and connect the dots. Um, so so there'll be ways. But, yeah, I don't, that you don't have to probably get a mandate. I don't know if you can mandate them, mm-hmm. but I guess narrow it down because they know who was working in there and who was on the clock. And maybe I'm sure there's cameras or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's sad, though. Yeah. And I mean, considering, you know, depending on like if because if she made it full term, it, it would I mean, and that's not to say she hasn't been abused potentially for longer, but you can narrow it down to like, OK, if she gave birth on December 29th, there's a very short window of like, who were these guys in this two to three month period, you know, earlier in the year? Because a pregnancy is 40 weeks. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. you, you can potentially quickly narrow it down, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. And what do they do with the child, you know? So I, it'll probably go with, I'm guessing, the woman's family, I'm, I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we'll guess we'll see. We yeah. Updates on that one. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, and like I said, that, that kind of segues into, because the last week... Social media has been on fire about mm-hmm. Me Too, sex allegations, and specifically within the context of um, R. Kelly. Yes, yes. This has been all over the place. Um, there's no way we could not talk about it on this week's episode. Um, Surviving R. Kelly, the Lifetime docuseries, um, six hours of content over three nights. So they pretty much showed two two hours a night, two episodes a night. Um, and it's been a lot. It's been a lot. It sparked a lot of conversation. Um, and I feel like much needed conversation as well. Uh, but also the some of the response and some of what has happened. Uh, we've been talking about like R. Kelly's sales and downloads and streams have gone up and debate about that, which you know, we can talk about in a second, too. I think I know why that's the case. Um, but but overall, I mean, what how much of it we could just talk about generally is what your overall thoughts about it, how much of it did you get a chance to watch? You know, what, what are you thinking? So, so far, I've only been able to watch uh, the first two parts, although I've been reading articles and reviews about all of it. But I, I was traveling when it first came out, so I could only read social media at first. And mm. I watched the first two. And it's kind of at the point where. Uh, we're learning about how the the sex tape became uncovered and, you know, Sparkle's niece, you know, being a part of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the claims that, you know, essentially, you know, kind of change, you know, the light that was on our cat. Like it didn't necessarily change his career. People still work with him, but that's when people were like, okay, something is up with R. Kelly. And so, you know, kind of at that point of, the the docu series. What about you? Yeah, so I got the first four in, um, and I read up on the last two, which were pretty much just more of dealings of his current accusations and and young girls and women who are caught in to his spell, apparently, allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. Currently following those cases, uh, but I will catch those too. Um, 
I'll watch those two for sure. But I think, you know, watching, I got four hours, four out of six hours of the content and reading up on, I got a lot. And social media, you know, I think <laughs> I got the gist of <laughs> this whole surviving R. Kelly documentary and my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's a lot. I think um, on one hand, right, I guess growing up, listening to R. Kelly music, you know, uh, and this is part of the debate everyone's been having. I mean, the guy just makes great music, right? Um, mm. And it's like, because he makes, because his art, he does his art so well, you know, it's making it harder for people to disconnect from him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, uh, you know, one of the documentaries, I mean, one of the experts or whomever talked about it saying like songs, like I believe I can fly and stuff, you know, that's played in weddings, that's played, you know, in churches. Right. We and so that in chorus in elementary school. Yeah. You know? And so they have like that you are attacked, like that song has, you know, pivotal attachments to your life, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's like a wedding. Right. And so, and so to be like, ah, I got to let go of this song. I got to let go of this guy. It's tough to do. Um, and, you know, and, and, and there's been conversation too, which we can talk about as well as, you know, Ebro from Hot 97 has kind of started this debate of separating, you know, the, the artist from the art mm. and still being able to appreciate the music, but not having to care for or deal with R. Kelly itself. And, and can you do that? Ebro says he can. So he's still going to listen and enjoy the music, but he has nothing. He has nothing. He wants nothing to do with R. Kelly as the person. Right. Um, I, I see. Mm, I, that's where um, I don't know if I can agree with that simply because you think about part of part of the reason that R. Kelly was able to get away with some of these things is because of the money and the power he had. Because even if that at this point he's you know doesn't have the social influence, he doesn't have the social connections. If he still had the money to pay people to help him do all of it, because he wasn't doing all these things alone. Like there were a lot of people mm-hmm. who helped him coordinate. Like even here, mm-hmm. like his brother and his ex wife saying like. You know, R. Kelly had, you know, issues with reading and writing and, you know, he actually had to have help to do some of these things because he was unable to do so himself. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing the the guy who helped forge documents for the Aaliyah wedding, it's kind of like that doesn't just come from, oh, uh, people liking you. You know, look at what people will do for Donald Trump because he has mm-hmm. the money, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I think still supporting his music at this point is funding this operation to where he's able to mm-hmm. uh, keep these. Because even if, you know, you can say, oh, they're there of their free will. You see that there is a psychological aspect to why, you know, some of these women stayed and, and what they were doing. But if he can house them in this big mansion, um, you know, kind of keep them separated. feet. If he can do these things because he has the money to, it won't stop just because people aren't talking to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on something super key. That's one of the things Kristen and I talked about as we watched it is like, bruh, he like you said, he's a literate one. Um, and then two, you have all these people around you. You, you can't, you're not doing this in isolated spaces. Somebody sees these young girls, somebody's picking up these young girls, somebody's booking the flights or giving the money or, you know, making these connections for you. Um, and so it's like all these people were complicit in this and, and just turned a blind eye to it and allowed it to happen. Um, and, and like you said, it's not even 
Um, I don't know if you, so yeah, I don't know if they, they talk more about it. I guess they talk, I don't remember if they talked about it in the first two, but I know definitely within the first four, they're talking about, they're just talking about his cases, probably in the third episode, right? All the cases that um, have the sun or whatever, the newspaper in, in Chicago that first broke the story with him in the video, they were pretty much talking about how they got to that point. Mm-hmm. And before that video even came out, it was they were already tying things together because they were looking at all his legal documents of all these cases with these young girls where he had all these settlements already um, of these cases. And, you know, they all signed these non-disclosure agreements where they couldn't talk about it. He couldn't talk about it. But these things were settled. And we all, for the most part, know that when things are settled, there's clear evidence that this person is probably either guilty or there's evidence that they contributed to this in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. So it's like. He wasn't even getting away with this. Like, there's already been documented and legal cases of him being caught, um, but just keeping it under wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, that's what even is even more scary about the situation, too. It's like, man, like, we really can't, no one can really argue anymore that he didn't do it. Or whether if you want to say it was him or not in the tape, which the docuseries is a really good job at saying it, it was him. You know, he, mm-hmm. he people close to him say he record all, pretty much all his sexual escapades. That was something that he even admitted to having a problem with because he could not stop recording was something that he wanted to do. And the psychologist was like, hey, a lot of people who do these kind of predatory acts, they like to keep a trophy, Mm -hmm. you know? And they were like, that's his trophy. So all of a sudden to come out and be like this video, which, you know, the family recognized, the aunt recognized, the young girl, friends recognized it was her. And all of a sudden to be like, oh, that's not him. You know, even in the video, there's like people calling his name in a distant background. Like, yo, Kelly, like, yo, R. Kelly pick up the phone and all this kind of stuff. I don't even know how that situation didn't even get, you know, more scrutinized than it should. It could have been, you know, he should have been just plain and clear found guilty mm-hmm. with all this other evidence, but it's, it's worrisome to say mm-hmm. the least. And I, I would say the other damning part is the fact that Lisa, the girl who took the tape from, from him, mm-hmm. you know, she admitted that, you know, not knowing that this girl was 14, that she had engaged in like a threesome with her mm-hmm. and R. Kelly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I thought it was interesting. So uh, like the Lifetime Network, of course, there's been a lot of criticisms of the docuseries. And they were like, we're not going to address like any specific criticisms. But what we will say is that we, from a legal standpoint, we fact checked, verified and corroborated everything that was in it. So Mm -hmm. they were saying, like, legally, we made sure that if we were going to do this docuseries, that our asses were covered. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me, because even when right before it came out, R. Kelly was trying to sue. Right. And they didn't give a damn, which was telling to me was like, hey, like we still going to play this, which was like, okay, they must have did their homework, you know, and expected that R. Kelly would take some legal actions against them. And they wanted to make sure that they were covered. And so that really showed when he said he was going to sue that they still put it out. Like, okay, then, you know, I think they did their due diligence to make sure that they were covered legally when this thing came out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Beyond canceling R. Kelly, I've seen like calls to cancel other artists who have worked with him, especially following uh, the sex tape trial. Um, How do you feel about that? Like, should we say that, like, Okay, these artists that worked with him were complicit. They, you know, supported. They did not um, believe these young girls. They, you know, whatever. So we should not support them. How do you feel about that argument? Um, I can't. Yeah, I can't hold. I can't hold much credence to that. Uh, 
you know, R. Kelly was the one doing most of the stuff. You can't really give too many people guilty by association unless you were like really cool with R. Kelly and were like in the trenches and you witnessed all of this going on, you know, were you with him enough to see him with young women and young girls? Uh, but if you were just, you know, working on, it's kind of like, almost like if you're like, a, you know, thinking of your colleagues and maybe a colleague being accused of something and you're like working on a paper with them or something, right? And if we have a paper published together, either before or after, should you still be held accountable <laughs> because you, you know, did some work with this person uh, and the work that they've done or, you know, the, 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 whatever the guiltiness. Um, so I would be, I would be careful as far as like how I would stretch that um, as far as people trying to like cancel other artists that have worked with him. Cause he's been in the game for like so long that like, that'd be tough to do. That'd probably be a pretty long list because he's written for a lot of people. He's featured on so many songs and it's like to hold all these people accountable. Like you still work with him. You need to be canceled. I don't know if that's fully right. You know? Yeah, I can agree with that. I do. All right. For, for the reasons that we've stated, it's kind of like, yes, for sure. Cancel R. Kelly. But mm, like you said, unless they were there, unless they were like forging documents and booking flights and, and stuff like that, it's, it's a certain extent where you got to be like, we can't pass the buck. We can't deflect to other people. And we really need to hold this person accountable. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And like even going back to the conversation of like separating the art and the artist, I think at a with R. Kelly watching this docuseries, you know, like we said earlier, he was illiterate. And so as an artist, you get inspired to do your art, right? You 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 pick from certain things in your life or whatever it is, whether it's from your readings or your writings or your experiences, and you put that into your music or you put that into your craft. And so because to me he was illiterate. He probably was getting a lot of his music and and his inspiration from his experiences, mm-hmm. you know. And even people talked about that in the film when they talked about him and Aaliyah's relationship, and the and the title of the album being "AJ Nothing But a Number," mm-hmm. right? And that being a biggest hit. I'm like, bruh, like this is, and I people are putting two and two together now. A lot of the things he was saying and doing is because he was living that in his experiences, you know. And that's what's uh, so it's like you can't even really separate. In this particular case, the art from the artist is because he was being inspired from the dirt he was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. I mean, this has new meanings now, right? Like, it really does. Right. And when I think about it, it's kind of like, of course, I sang AJ number to number. That was the jam back in the day. But when you mm-hmm. really think about it, it's kind of like, wow. Like you said, a whole new meaning, you know, is rather disgusting. Um, and also, what was the other song? You Are Not Alone. That you you are not alone. Had for Michael Jackson and find out it was about the girl who had had the abort or the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm, you, you just realize you don't know what's going on in the heads of uh, your faves or, you know, the artists you listen to. And you might not even understand, like, the true meaning behind some of these songs. Mm-hmm. And what I, the pattern I was kind of noticing from the docuseries is every time he was getting like kind of caught up or about to get in a lot of trouble, he would come out with like an inspirational type song. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That people love a churchy feel to it. And then it kind of gave the perception like, 
hey, you know, oh, well, this guy, you can't write a song like this and do this kind of dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that was strategic on his part because even somebody noticed who was studying music was like, listen, if you look at all his other discography, it's all really like sexual and, and exploitive in a lot of ways. And all of a sudden he comes with these churchy songs and the people are like, oh, we love R. Kelly. Yeah. Or these, like happy wedding songs. Oh, we love R. Kelly. But 90 percent of his catalog is like sexy, sex, sexual in sexual nature. And it's like, OK. Yeah, I think he was fooling us for for a while. Yeah, I would say this. Um, the docu series also made me think back to our conversation with Dr. Caroline West. Um, for our listeners, there was an episode on December fifth. It was about violence in the lives of Black women. Um, and part of that conversation also discussed how sometimes perpetrators of abuse have also been victims of abuse. And to find out that, because um, I, I hadn't, I hadn't watched the Tavis Malley interview with R. Kelly to hear that he was a victim of sexual abuse when he was young, and his brother corroborated that by saying, you know, he too had experienced like some of the same things within the family. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of like there's cycles of just abuse and violence, and it's just. And, you know, to see how like some of the experts were breaking it down, like as a child, when you experience that abuse, you lose control mm-hmm. and some people become per- uh, perpetrators of abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's about gaining some of that control back or it's mm-hmm. about like being in that position of control in a way that you had lost it in the past. And it's just that's so crazy. You know, mm-hmm. and I just. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed too. Um, and it's like, uh, and, it, and it kind of, you know, even broadens the conversation too, because I've been seeing this on social media and people have been trying to find excuses for R. Kelly mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, that's definitely being one of them, him being a victim of abuse, which no one should take lightly. And I think it does explain the kind of predatory behavior that we've been seeing with him and these young girls for sure. Um, but to me, that does not excuse the damage that he's done Absolutely. because time and time again in the film, they've, sh- they, they have really did a good job at showing that he knew what he was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the extent he would go to to hide the tape or pay people off or pay people off in these cases and have people surrounding him. You know, he knew what he was doing was wrong. And so that's, a, that to me is, you know, you are criminally liable, right? You show that you had intent and you know what you were doing versus somebody who really has no clue, right? If it's a real psychological issue, it shows that, you know, okay, I don't have a clue and I, whatever, if you don't want to help us so, so you know what he was doing, yeah. to say the least. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that, like, there are plenty of people who have been victims of abuse, victims of domestic violence, but they don't become, you know, perpetrators of that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, it's not an excuse. But, you know, I did think it was like, you know, kind of how we added nuance to that conversation um, back in December. I thought it was, you know, interesting that that was also a, a theme that, that happened mm-hmm. here. And I was just surprised that like the the people who participate, like his brothers were in it. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the wife, the brothers, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everybody was really close to him. So it wasn't like these like people like two or three degrees away. This was like, you know, immediate family. Uh, you can't really get any closer than that. 
So, so yeah, it was a lot. And, and, you know, I've heard people talking about, oh, because he was from a single parent household and all this. I'm like, no, no man, no, no. there's so many people from single parent households that do not pray on young children. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you just can't keep finding all these excuses to continue to listen to his music. We have to eventually put our foot down, but even a broader conversation, even like you said, being related back to our conversation with Dr. West is kind of the really the devaluing of our of black women, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that really stood out to me too, because it's like, bruh, I'm sitting here thinking like, how can somebody like R. Kelly get away with this for so long, mm-hmm. right? When there's legal documentation that he's done this, he's settled cases, right? Mm-hmm. The video comes out, people, and it's like something that's known within the black community. Mm-hmm. And we know that our legal system loves to prosecute black men. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why didn't the legal system take this opportunity and arrest this black man, right? For the wrongdoings. And then to me, it just really boils down to because who his victims were. Mm-hmm. And they were young black girls. Mm-hmm. Some reason that that explained to me why the criminal justice system and the oppressors didn't really pay too much attention to it, right? Because they devalue black women, and then also our own our own community, how we again devalue the the plight of black women and these young black girls by saying, "Oh, she's fast," right? Mm-hmm. I know when they said the sex tape came out, they were like, "Oh, she's fast," or she shouldn't be doing that, or blaming the parents and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, bro, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's scary too, you know? Yeah, there's kind of like, I think kind of going back to that conversation, there's, I think an idea that we're supposed to protect people. Like it's, there are things that happen in the black community and because of outside injustices, we protect these people. Cause I've seen people like, you know, where is the uh, documentary for, you know, white sex offenders? Like where's the, what what's the name of that coach that was uh, abusing all of those boys in Pennsylvania? It was Paterno and Penn and State. Yeah. Was it Paterno or Sandusky? No, well, Paterno was the head coach, but yes. Yeah, so okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like, where, where's the Sandusky documentary? And valid we should be doing that too but that doesn't mean we cannot have this documentary and that we can't have this conversation and that we can't potentially seek justice and you know prosecution Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think i think we need to have these conversations even more so because black women just are never really taken seriously and it's like, yo, all this to me, all this evidence, all these, all the women saying that they've experienced this abuse from this man and people are still trying to discredit them. It's like, yo. And to me, it, I just know if R. Kelly, if it came out and it was a, a 14 year old white girl, it'd be oh. a rap. Oh, it, it would, would be, be a rap. Yeah. And nobody and I don't even think black people would be running to his defense. You know what I mean? Like, they'd be like, oh, trying to make these excuses and all this kind of stuff. They'd be like, yo, he's a he's a dog. We need to get rid of him. You know what I'm saying? But. For some reason, this is the bigger conversation. I think the overall prob- problem piece is that when you continue to listen to his music, when you continue to find excuses for this man, you're saying that you do not care about the lives of young black girls mm-hmm. and black women in general. And I think that's just what it boils down to. And I, and I can't interpret it any other way by anybody else that's trying to have these conversations if you st- have that stance. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like, so you heard about the surge in like his streaming or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, to me, it's kind of, it's not that hard to not listen to a song. It really isn't. You can even think fondly back on like when you listen to it in the past, but like, why do you have to continue to support? And what, what do you think contributed to the cert? Like, who do you think is listening? I think, I think two things. I think one thing is 
in the black community, we know all about R. Kelly, mm-hmm. right? We know about all his music. We know about his catalog. It's played at every event, every cookout, whatever, every graduation. Like, it's, he's everywhere. And I think for most white folks, I think his major songs, I Believe I Can Fly, maybe Bump and Grind, whatever else, you know what I'm yeah. saying? They know his major songs that got him to the top of the charts because that's what it takes to get him there. You need everybody to listen to. But I don't think they know about a lot of his other catalog. Mm-hmm. So I think a part of it is they're getting exposed to him the first time and they're getting curious to go back and listen, not as a fan, but really to piece things together. And then I think that's what the other part of the surge is too, yeah. is that most of the people who know his catalog are going back to just kind of like reinvestigate, kind of do a double take. Yeah. Like, like, hmm, let me listen to my favorite songs and with this lens and see if I can see what they what he was really talking about, you know. Huh. You are so inside. Do you have a PhD? That is some PhD level analysis right there. Yeah, actually, that I I hadn't thought about that. But like you said, like thinking, even thinking back to AJ up with a number and like thinking about these other songs, you're like, yeah, let me look at that lyric or maybe listen to it. Like I haven't, but I could see somebody doing that, trying to like get insight into what was going on. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just don't think people are like watching this docuseries. Oh, let me turn up to R. Kelly. You know what I mean? Let me let me step in the lane of love now. You know, yeah. let me play my jams. I don't I just really don't think that's happening when you hear this kind of story. I think it's like, oh, no, let me let me hear these lyrics again. Yeah. And be like, oh, OK, no, nah, I think I think. Uh, yeah, I think they are on to something. Mm-hmm. You know, people are just going to naturally do that. They're going to want to you're going to watch it, but you want to see for yourself, especially for somebody you truly enjoyed and admired. You're going to go back. And for somebody, I was like one of my favorite artists, you know, like a Kendrick Lamar or something like that. I go back and listen to some of his lyrics, too, and be like, what, what was he really saying in this song? Just to be sure mm-hmm. uh, with a new lens. So I think that's largely what's happening. I don't think I don't think it's going to sustain. I think people are going to listen to it now just to get the vibe. But it does suck because it is putting more money back into his yeah, pocket. Yeah. Like uh, you said, that the money has, you know, helped him with the settlement, has helped him with all of these things. So, you know, if you really do care about black lives, if you care about, you know, black girls and black women, you cannot if you listen to these songs, you know, past, I guess you're trying to figure out like what these lyrics are about. If you continue to do that, you are essentially funding his operation, which is still up and running as far as I know, right? With some of the mm-hmm. girls he still have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And people and who we've been talking about, like he looking at his tweets and he's just been like promoting his new music. He hasn't even been really addressing this, but this has kind of been the trend with him when they're showing a docuseries, like these big allegations come up and then a big song comes out mm-hmm. and everybody kind of forgets about it. And so I, I'm pretty sure since that has worked for the past 30 years for him, um, I'm sure this is what he's fixing to do now. We got to be smarter than that yeah. and not press play and not stream and not try to hear what he has to say at all. Because um, all it's going to do is put more money in this man's pocket. So he's going to keep doing what he's doing. Oh, man. But yeah, it was it was interesting and crazy. I'm going to finish watching the rest of the segments, but um, so crazy. And, you know, I hope that, you know, maybe this can turn into like a lifetime, like maybe a surviving somebody else uh because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of big name cases uh where we can you know get insight into like what these people were doing and what they continue Mm -hmm. to do to um you know just victimize people oh yeah we definitely need a weinstein yeah surviving weinstein surviving sandusky um surviving bill cosby um 
it's it's some more. It's some more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's tons. Um, but definitely the ones that have these big cases and just exposing. I think the thing about the R. Kelly thing, why I just appreciate it is because a lot of people in the black community, it's like it's just like one of the things like everybody kind of knew, mm-hmm. you know, just like he just knew he was doing some dirt and we just chose to ignore it and say the jokes and, and all that kind of stuff. But now it just really forces you to have the conversation and forces you to face the facts and make a decision. Like, okay, now with all this information, how are you going to handle R. Kelly? And uh, and you got to ask oh, yourself what it says about you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. dig deep. And like, and I always try to tell people this too. And this is for those people who are still trying to be loyal to R. Kelly in some way, shape or form and try to find excuses. If you had a daughter and your 14 year old was caught up in this situation, would you still feel that same way? Mm-hmm. That's how you know if you really feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're not in these situations. Uh, but if it was you or your daughter being being hurt or damaged in this capacity and traumatized this way, could you still be at a wedding and stepping in the name of love? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you? And the answer is going to be no. So stop trying to make all these excuses because you like the tune and realize that what this man did was extremely damaging and traumatic. And so we couldn't we can't continue to support that. I agree. Yeah. <sighs> But um, yeah, 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 good old R. Kelly. (laughs) We'll see see what'll come from this. Yeah. Um, but 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 glad glad we're having the conversations and and definitely if you guys are curious and are new to the podcast, check out the episode with Dr. West where we spent that time talking about um violence in the lives of Black women. She has a whole edited book series on that, and 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 she's an expert in that area, and. Um, I think that'll be something you can go back to and refer to and reference um, if you're trying to learn more about this topic as it's occurring right now. I I agree. And, you know, also like understanding it from a historical standpoint, I thought she did a really good job of that. And also thinking Mm -hmm. about like uh, images of black women in the media and how some of some of your favorite artists contribute to the way sometimes black women aren't perceived as uh, able to be victims of something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that, you know, I'm I'm it's interesting that we have this conversation just about a month after, you know, we published that episode. And I, I think they would go well together. We'll definitely put it um in the description, put a link to that episode. Yeah, definitely check it out. Alrighty. Well, anything else besides this? It's heavy stuff. I don't know. We're, <laughs> we're supposed to talk about like presidential stuff. That that's gonna have to wait since not enough people have even entered the race anyway. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that eventually. I think the only person I kind of heard about was Warren. Yeah, right? Warren. I mean, there are other people who have like filed, but I don't think they're serious contenders. Okay, so, so yeah, we'll wait until we hear some more names. I'm sure we'll be hearing that in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then we'll bring that back. Um, but, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll continue doing these kind of episodes for the rest of the month. February, when we hit our one year, we'll go back to our interviews. We got a lot of great interviews already lined up for y'all. We're just holding on to them to everybody get back into their routine because we don't want any episodes wasted. Um, as far as you guys getting that good content and, and the good people we bring on, we want to make sure, you know, you're, you're able to listen to them. So, mm-hmm. so we'll continue this for the rest of the month. And any ideas that we really appreciate all of you who have been listening and giving us really great ideas of topics of people to interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been reaching out to them again, well, that means a lot to us and it really helps us out. And some, and most of the time the people you re- suggest are like 
super dope and amazing. And it really excites us that we never even heard about it. So yeah. keep doing that for sure. We definitely appreciate those suggestions. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like I said, we're going to be starting a blog soon. So if you want to be a contributor to that, reach out to us as, as well. Again, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to have a PhD. You know, if there's something that you are passionate about that you want to spend some time writing about, hit us up and then we'll work with you to see how we can get that done for you. Um, and, and you can contribute to, to the website and what you have to offer and be a voice. So, so take that seriously and let us know if you want to be a part of that, too. Uh, other than that, other than that, continue to uh, follow us on social media. Our social media handles at BHD Podcast. Email us with any ideas that you may have at bhdpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website to keep up with the latest content, www.blackandhollydangerous.com. Continue to rate and review us on iTunes because that's always very helpful to us. And, um, you know, as always, continue to share us with your friends, share us with your family, share us with your enemies. And as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear. If you're interested in continuing this and other conversations, visit our website, blackandhollydangerous.com to subscribe to our email list, suggest topics, and participate in our discussion forums. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BHD Podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite platform. And as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear.